Father, we worship you and we praise you. We thank you for who you are, God. We pray for the presence of your Holy Spirit. Father, as I have prayed that you speak through me, I pray that you release your Holy Spirit to give ears to hear. Today is a significant day. So, Father, your will be done. Speak through me according to your will. We pour our full faith and trust into you. Show us what it truly means to be your hands and your feet. Not in name. Not because it's a great slogan. But because our hands and feet and eyes and ears Everything about us, most of all our hearts, are yours. Just 100% yours. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to read something that somebody sent me during worship that I believe is a word from the Lord. He said, listen, I am here. I love to hang out with you. You make me want to hang out with you. I'm drawn to your worship and your heart towards me. Don't think I'm not with you even when you are not here. I love it when you come together in unity, but I also love to hang out with you alone as well because you constantly are thinking about me. I'm here. I'm there. I'm constantly drawn to you because you desire to be with me. I'm here. No matter where we are, no matter what we do, what relationship with Him affords is His presence. You know, I think of Paul, Peter, and others at times when they were in prison, and how precious His presence was to them. So much that they sang songs. Can you imagine? I mean, yeah, to sing songs in prison probably isn't a big stretch. But how about sing songs in prison after being beaten? See, those are things we just don't understand. Because we've never had to live through that. We've never had to experience that. But imagine the love. Imagine the relationship that was required for that. It's extraordinary. Today marks an important day. As Brooks said earlier, today is the first Sunday where these dominant spirits over this country have been, most of them in the abyss, some just stripped, but all of them gone. All of them out of the authority of power in this country. Doesn't mean that there aren't demonic spirits here. Okay, don't don't be naive in that. It means that the overreaching authority over this nation has been bound. Now I know there are some that are gonna hear this and 
and question it and think it's crazy and that's okay. It just goes in the same bucket with everything else that I say. Everything else that the Lord is saying. But what you are going to see is a significant difference. See, what the Lord told me, and I, I thought, like, I wasn't sure before. I don't know how many in here remember, I, I'm going to say it was a few months ago, I don't, I don't know, three, four months ago, when I spoke on the three woes. Anybody remember that? I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that. And, and those online who have not heard it, go back and listen. It was three, four months ago. I think it was called the three woes. I think that's what I called it. It is taken out of Revelation, and, and it is what we are experiencing today. But let me be clear. We are not experiencing the three woes in the tribulation. We are not in the tribulation. What we are experiencing is a foreshadowing of what will be seen in the tribulation. It is literally the readying of the bride. The readying of the bride will foreshadow, go along the same steps as the readying of Israel, if you will. Which is what you see in most prophecy. What you certainly see in the book of Revelation, what you see throughout the Old Testament. That will come in making Israel ready. Making Israel to the place where Jesus Christ is Lord and Messiah of Israel herself, his children. So what we're going through is a foreshadowing of that. It, it, is, it is a cyclical uh, example, if you will, of what they're going to go through. I say that because, go back and listen to the three woes. Now, the interesting thing in the three woes is, to a certain extent, and I'm not sure how much, but to a certain extent, that is applicable more to the church even than to what will happen at the end time. It will still be the same structure. But remember the third woe. The third woe is not a woe at all if you're part of the bride. The third woe is, is literally Revelation 3.9 coming to pass. It is, it is the, the bride being fully ready, the bride having favor on this earth, the bride allowing their Messiah, Jesus Christ, to rule the earth through them. That's the third woe. The first woe was heavy, heavy, heavy combat, if you will, where we were in many ways on the defense. What the Lord told me this morning is that we have officially moved into the second woe. See, originally I thought it, it was more just about Abaddon, but it wasn't. It was, it was about the overall influence of this nation, the overall influence of this place. Now, Thursday night, we did have a court case. I'm going to read it this morning. It was on the final uh, uh, spirit that is over 
you know, this overarching influence over the United States. It was, it was the spirit of deception. But Friday night, we also had a court case. And that was something we didn't announce. In fact, the Lord didn't even tell us what it was until we got there. He specifically held it back from us for a reason. It was for a reason of training. He told us when we got there, just to go there and pray. Just pray for an hour. And we did. We got there and we just prayed. We just went before him and said, okay, Lord, here we are. We're just, we're just obedient. That's all we know to do. So, so tell us. And, and we went through just laying out our hearts. Then we went into the ready room. And he said, you'll be going for the spirit of poverty over Nigeria, over specifically Africa. And, of course, we didn't have any real time to do any research or anything else. And he said, no, that, that's not the purpose of this. He said, what I need you to do is focus on me. When you go into the courtroom, don't worry about what you're going to say. Focus on me, and I'll tell you what to say. And, and by the way, this was not just me. This was literally everybody on the team. And so that's what we did. He, he, he did say we need to be all in agreement. So we talked for a few minutes, worked out a few hand signals <laughs> as much as we could. I don't think we ever even used them, did we? Yeah, I don't think we did. Lord worked it out. But, but then we went into the court case, and God provided every little bit, every little bit, every word. And we had more witnesses in that court case, I think, than we've had in any other, right? Because we had, we had other people give witness, not just me talking. It was other people giving witness as well. And that spirit of poverty was bound, was cast to the abyss for the country or for the uh, continent of Africa. And so that, that was Friday night. But what we're going to concentrate on this morning is Thursday. I'm going to go through and I'm going to read the, the transcript. And like all the others before it, it was just very interesting. I mean, honestly, God just wrote an amazing script through all of these. It would make a pretty wild movie. But I'm going to go through and read this and then make some comments on it. But this is Court of Nations, the seventh trial. This is the spirit of deception. And this is what happened Thursday night. I said, Father, we worship you and praise you. Father, we love you. We ask entrance into your court of nations tonight. We ask this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Shannon then said, I see metal doors with all of the detail that I've described previously. I'm looking up and I see that they go way past the clouds. They're very large and they're beginning to open. I said, Father, as we walk in, we will enter your courts with praise and we will sing. Then we worship to the song Here Now, which is the one that was laid on Wendy's heart. Once that was done and we were inside, I said, we praise you, Father. And I asked Shannon to describe what she sees. Shannon then said, when we were coming in during the worship, I saw each of us enter with our armor. 
As we drew nearer and nearer to the throne, each of us unsheathed the weapon that was in our hand. Some of us have swords, and some of us have spears, and some of us have different weapons, like the kind of weapon that David had when he was a shepherd. Where is that coming from? When he was a shepherd. And I heard all of the witnesses that have come in the balconies of the nations. I heard them lift their voice and worship with us. And it was very loud, and the drums were playing with our worship. And I heard multitudes of voices singing, You are here now, and we know that you are here now. I said, We've all had our armor at times revealed to us. Can you see Carson and describe his armor? Because he was with us in this court case. Shannon said, his armor isn't just made of metals. There is one type of metal that has been worked together with another material that is white and opaque. It's not white and marble-like, but it is opaque, milky almost, a white material that covers the breastplate. The joints and the different parts of the armor are a very pure color that is almost silver. But I I know it's not silver because silver is dull. It's more like platinum. And he is the one whose weapon is like David's. And just so you know, it was described later. It won't be described in the court. But I can't, what were the names of those? It it was a what? A bola. It's where you have a chain or a rope, I suppose, and then two balls on the end. And you, you sling them and they go around and... Yeah, I, I guess they can. you can put spikes on them. I, I think I saw a movie once where they were like grenades. All right. <laughs> Very cool movie. Okay. Anyway, you get the picture. That is, that is Car- Carson's weapon. I said, Father, we worship you and praise you. We request that this court summon the spirit of deception that is over America and over this territory that Abaddon used to be in control of. I submit this request in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Shannon said, I saw and heard a gavel come down, and a sonic boom released from that impact, and it rippled and roared through the entire throne room. And I see the doors opening. These massive doors are literally being moved by that sonic wave from the gavel. I see a creature coming through, It's opening. It's black and clawed. And I hear the sound of chains dragging as it walks. I see a long bill like a beak. And it's this ugly, vulturous creature. It's large. Its feathers are black and tar-like. Its eyes are black. I asked, does he have representation? Shannon said, I'm watching as the rest of his body, if that's what you would call it, comes into the courtroom. The back of this creature is very reptile-like. It has a tail and walks on its hind two legs, hunched over. And at the very end of its tail, I see a small man in comparison to the size of this spirit. A man who is dressed in a suit, a black suit with a maroon button-up and hair that is slicked slicked back. 
I said, Father, I request that this court be sealed in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood, that the Holy Spirit seal every door, every window in Jesus' name, that a warring angel be placed outside of every opening to not allow anything that is not supposed to be here, nor allow anything out that is to remain. I ask this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. I also place on notice notice Phineal and Michael to fulfill the will of this court, the will of the Father and the outcome of this courtroom appearance in Jesus' name. Then the Father said, seal the room. I said, Father, if it please the court, before I do my opening statement, it is the request of the prosecution to know the presentation or to know the representation and their affiliation on the other side. Will they speak for this spirit, or will they speak for itself? I ask in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The representative then spoke. I will not be speaking for this spirit. He will speak for himself. We maintain the right for me to represent on his behalf, as is common even in the earthly courts. We maintain the right for external representation and self-representation, that is all. By the way, just so everybody knows, this representative is human. He is a witch. He is not a spirit. I said, Father, this representative did not state his name nor his affiliation. I submit that in Jesus' name. The Father then said, Reveal your identity that you may be recognized before the court. The representative said, I am Phineas. My colleagues know me as Dracon. My last name given at birth was Tumal. I am Muslim descent. Is there anything else? I said, Father, there is one other question that needs to be revealed to this court, and that is if this representative is a member of the Brotherhood, as the past representatives have been. The representative then said, I have no particular affiliation with the Brotherhood. They are about ritual. I am more about distribution. I said, very well. Father, before I make my opening statement, I have a warning on my heart. Is it your will that I give this warning? I ask in Jesus' name. The Father said, you may. I said, this, this warning is for the representative. You do not understand the force that stands next to you, nor do you understand the absolution of this court. I I will give you one opportunity to leave. Since you have already stated that you are not here necessarily to represent this spirit, you have choice. If you leave, then you can leave without consequence. If you choose to stay, understand that you will run great risk of being tied not only to this spirit, but to what this spirit has taken control of. And your outcome will be the same as this spirit's. That is my warning. Father, I submit this in Jesus' name and await to hear an answer. The representative then said, I in no way will be implicated in his sentence, for I neither condone nor align myself with his motives. Then the father said, Shall we continue? I said, Yes, Father, if it please the court, I will begin with my opening statement. To open, Father, I begin with excerpts from Psalm 109. Your words here reflect my personal plea 
and the plea of your bride. O God, whom I praise, don't stand silent and aloof while the wicked slander me and tell lies about me. They surround me with hateful words and fight against me for no reason. I love them, but they try to destroy me with accusations even as I am praying for them. They repay evil for good and hatred for my love. They say, get an evil person to turn against him. Send an accuser to bring him to trial. When his case comes up for judgment, let him be pronounced guilty. Cursing is as natural to him as his clothing or the water that he drinks or the rich food that he eats. Now may his curses return and cling to him like clothing. May they be tied around him like a belt. May both curses become the Lord's punishment for my accusers who speak evil of me. But deal with me, or but deal well with me, O sovereign Lord, for the sake of your own reputation. Rescue me because you are so faithful and good, for I am poor and needy, and my heart is full of pain. I am fading like a shadow at dusk. I am brushed off like a locust. I am a joke to people everywhere. When they see me, they shake their heads in scorn. Help me, O Lord my God. Save me because of your unfailing love. Let them see that this is your doing, that you yourself have done it, Lord. I said, Father, you also say in your words in Isaiah 51, verses 4 and 5, Listen to me, my people. Hear me, Israel. For my law will be proclaimed, and my justice will become a light to the nations. My mercy and justice are coming soon. My salvation is on the way. My strong arm will bring justice to the nations. All distant lands will look to me and will wait in hope for my powerful arm. Father, deception is a huge spirit with huge influence and with many tentacles. What the prosecution will lay forth as evidence are parts of this huge organism and do not reflect its entirety. I submit the words of our Lord that say, to be guilty of one is to be guilty of all. The submission of these portions will prove guilt, not just for the parts, but for the whole. Deception was the very tool used by Satan to bring about the initial fall of mankind in the Garden of Eden. He is a liar, and lies are the foundation of this spirit of deception. John 8:44 says, speaking of Satan, For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things that he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he is consistent. It is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Father, it, is also, it also says in Genesis chapter 3, where he took the innocence of your creation. Verses 1 to 6 say this. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat of the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. 
God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you'll die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful, and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. 1 Timothy 2.14 says, And it was not Adam who was deceived by Satan. The woman was deceived, and sin was the result. Father, that is the fruit of this spirit. Sin is not held exclusively to humans, but was found in Satan first, as it says in Ezekiel 28.15. Therefore, the greater responsibility, Father, falls on the deceiver rather than the deceived. Galatians 6, 7-9 says, Don't be deceived. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Father, Satan will one day reap what he has sown into this world. But today is the day that this spirit of deception will reap his just rewards. The prosecution will show beyond a shadow of a doubt that this spirit of deception has brought absolute destruction on all the earth, but specifically America and the territory once controlled by Abaddon. The prosecution would also like to make it known right up front that we seek eternal death to this spirit as a sentence to his crimes, and not only a stripping of his authority. I submit this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The father then said, Has the defense a response or a statement to provide? Shannon said, I saw the spirit begin to cough and retch. It vomited up this black sack that exploded onto the floor, and he said, No, I will wait. Father then said, I presume the prosecution has more to present. I said, Yes, Father, if it pleases the court, we will resume with section one, the explanation of this spirit. The spirit of deception, as stated earlier, is a vast and multifaceted spirit. Libraries could not contain all of the damage that has been caused by this spirit in the lives of people who have lived in the territory once governed by Abaddon. To share some of the attributes of this spirit of deception, I would ask to call a witness to the stand. I request that the court recognize Carson Sellers as a witness. I request this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The father then said, A witness will be received into the court. My son, I receive your testimony. You have been recognized. Carson then said, Father, if it please you, I would like to read a few scriptures before I begin my testimony. The father said yes. Carson then read Isaiah 53, verse 5. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. 
He was whipped so we could be healed. Psalm 71, 20 and 21. You have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. You will restore me to even greater honor and comfort me once again. Psalm 31 through 3. I will exalt you, Lord, for you rescued me. You refused to let my enemies triumph over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you restored my health. You brought me up from the grave, O Lord. You kept me from falling into the pit of death. Father, I submit the last nine years of my life and the experiences I have I have endured as examples of how this spirit operates in this nation, in the medical system, and even in the lives of those that have accepted you in their hearts. I have had to stand on the truth of these scriptures that I just read through countless lies that this very spirit sent to trap me and gain my and gain any authority it could. Lies such as, you will have to live with this illness forever. There is nothing that can be done to fully remove it. This illness just runs in your family genes, and there's nothing that can change that. God has the power to heal everyone, but it is not his will that all should be healed. God gave you this illness so you would bring, it would bring you closer to him. When Jesus died so we could be healed, he only meant the healing that we would receive in heaven. I submit that the last nine years have been a fight every single day against these lies and many more that I have since forgotten. Some of them have been spoken over me by people that just wanted to help sick people. So they went to school to be doctors and nurses. The influence of this spirit over the education and medical systems has deceived people into thinking only one way about sickness. They have been trained to rely only on human wisdom and the limited human research and resources. And we, when these things fail, they unknowingly trap others in the deception that they are in that says nothing more can be done. Other lies have been spoken or written to me by other Christians. People that have fallen under the deception of this spirit because they have accepted you into their hearts, but do not truly know you, know you or your word. This spirit of deception has capitalized on this, using their lack of knowledge about you to warp their perception of who you are even further. It has trained many to follow their own human ideas of you rather than surrendering to you and your Holy Spirit by which we are given discernment and revelation of all truth. As it says in your scriptures, Psalm 36, 9, For you are the fountain of life, the light by which we see. 1 John 5, verse 20, And we know that the Son of God has come, and He has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God because we live in, fe in fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God, and He is eternal life. Proverbs 1-7 Fear the Lord, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. 
Proverbs 3, verse 26. For the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. And Hosea 14, verse 9. Let those who are wise understand these things. Let those with discernment listen carefully. The paths of the Lord are true and right, and righteous people live by walking in them. But in those paths, sinners stumble and fall. I submit that I have been exposed to many medical professionals, Christians and others that are trapped in an endless cycle of deception because of the influence of this spirit. They unknowingly accept lies from teachers, parents, or other sources they trust, whom are often also deceived, and act on those lies which lead them deeper and deeper down a path of blindness and bondage to this spirit. The same cycle of deception has also trapped many members of the brotherhood and kept them blind to who you are. They have been bombarded with lies constantly throughout their lives and have no truth to compare it to. So it, even if they know you exist, they are missing your nature, your sovereignty, your son, and everything that is your word. Their view of you is so warped by this spirit that the choice between seeking you or seeking your enemy is barely a choice at all. Furthermore, this spirit uses its authority over these members of the brotherhood to lie to them about parts of your remnant and send them to target, hinder and destroy your plans and the people that you use to carry them out. I submit myself and the rest of Ignition and the attacks that have come against us as examples of this. Lastly, Father... I would like to submit the lives of Sandra, Ethan, and Adam as evidence of what happens when the influence of this spirit is removed and people get to see who you really are for the first time. These people were deceived into trying to come against what you were doing through ignition. After just a glimpse of your true power, your love, and your Holy Spirit working through your children, they saw you who is truth and chose you, regardless of what it would cost them. As it says in your word, in Colossians 1, 21 and 22, This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are a holy and blameless, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. I submit all that I have said to this court in the name of Jesus and by the power of his blood. I then said, Father, I further submit Carson's own life as an example of the verses in Colossians that we read. Carson, who humanly would have made, would have many reasons to believe this deceiving spirit, has forsaken his lies and has fully trusted you. And it is evidenced in his relationship with you. Very simply put, this spirit is a liar. One whose only goal is to deflect someone's eyes from their creator, you, Father. We submit all this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. 
Then the spirit of deception spoke. He said, I admit I have aligned myself against you. But which one of you here has never doubted the words of the Father? Have you not provided incriminating evidence against you? When you've been discouraged or have nearly fainted? And what of you, Carson? Can you honestly say there has never been a day that you have doubted and given in to me? Right at that moment I said, Father, I object. If we are not allowed to speak directly to this spirit, the spirit should not be allowed to speak directly to a witness. The father then said, I am in agreement. You will exercise restraint. Remember who you are speaking before. Remember who you are. You are not in the hole from which you were summoned. You stand before me now. My eyes were not hidden from seeing you, even in the pit from which you came. Remember where you are. For here, in this place, your destiny is decided. You will not speak directly to the prosecution's witness. The spirit of deception then said, I beg your pardon and request that the witness have the freedom to respond. Of course, for the sake of these proceedings, if it be permissible in this court. The father then responded, it is entirely the choice of the prosecution to accommodate this request. I said, father, it is the prosecution's desire to take a recess to consider this request. He said, granted. In the recess discussion, we discussed the plan to approach it on how to approach, how to approach this, pros and cons for doing so. Greg plans to guide Carson in the next steps, believing it will be powerful if Carson speaks his faith in the court. This spirit has already admitted to sin. Shannon believes there is an attempt to discredit the testimony or to be tricked. We prayed for Carson to be filled with the Holy Spirit's words. Shannon reiterated that it is important that we that the group stays unified about how we handle each thing and every response. We all agreed. Then I said, we request to resume this case in Jesus' name. The father then said, the court receives you. The prosecution has made use of one recess. We will continue with the proceedings. I said, Father, if I may, I will begin by saying that we will allow a statement to be made by the witness. It will come after a statement made by me, and it will be followed up by a statement made by me. First, let me say that the prosecution could rest right now if it was your desire, because this spirit has already admitted to his own guilt. And unlike a human that has been offered redemption, this spirit has not. If it is guilty of one point of your law, it is guilty of all. And it has already admitted its guilt. So therefore it deserves eternal death. However, it is the prosecution's desire to move forward with this case to further lay out evidence to the crushing effects of this spirit. And it is our desire for the question to be answered that this spirit asked. I think hearing from Carson directly about where his heart is on belief will be powerful for this courtroom. So I submit Carson in Jesus' name to say his heart. Then Carson spoke. Father, 
I fully believe that I have been healed in the name of Jesus and by the power of his blood. And I remind you that you yourself have said it to all of us that I have been fully healed. I also remind you of what I have just read in Isaiah 53, 5, that my healing has already been fully paid for by your son. That is all. Then I spoke and said, Father, we further submit that any history of Carson's doubt that this spirit brings up is merely covered under the blood of your son, whom stands to the right of your throne. This spirit has nothing to stand on, and yet it has already lost everything that it came here for. The father then said, I find this pleasing and acceptable. Please move on. I said, Father, if it pleased the court, then I will go into the second phase of the evidence that we offer. And that is the entrance of this spirit of deception into America and into this territory. The spirit of deception found its way into the foundations of America in many ways. Then the spirit spoke up and said, objection. He said, objection. Why was I not given an opportunity to speak? Then the father said, you requested a response and you were given one. What greater privileges are you asking for now? Because you will not receive it in a fair court. I suggest you listen to the next point. Please continue. You just can't make this stuff up. Okay, for anybody wondering if we're just phenomenal writers here, no, you cannot make this stuff up. This is, this is God. I said, Father, if I may, my desire is your will, and this is beyond a fair court. If it please you, then I would be more than happy to hear what this spirit has to say. But I would lay out that it must be said to this court and not directly to any other individual. I submit this according to your will and desire only your will in Jesus' name. My thought process there was the more he speaks, the more he's going to hang himself. Then the father said, He has been given ample time to build a case. I will not allow delay or mockery. And for this reason, we will move on. I said, thank you, Father. I will begin again this section. The spirit of deception found its way into the foundations of America in many ways. But I will list a few that had great impact in propelling that spirit to a place of incredible nationwide strength that has allowed it to become a ruling spirit over the movement of all within its borders. One of the originators of deception in this country came at the hands of Benjamin Franklin, a founding father, signer of the Declaration of Independence, inventor, journalist, printer, publisher, soldier, scientist, and politician. He used his newspaper that he had published to spread lies for the sake of good. Figuring the end justifies the means. As evidence, I submit this. In 1782, during the final years of the American Revolutionary War, Franklin served as ambassador to France. While in that role, he created a fake issue of a real Boston newspaper, the Independent Chronicle, to fuel America's push for independence. Inside the fake issue of the paper, he concocted a story about the discovery of bags full of human scalps of American soldiers, women, and children. 
he sent a note found with the bag and written to King George, asked the king to accept the scalps as presents. Franklin also wrote a fake op-ed piece. He signed it with the name of an American military hero and put it alongside the fake news story. The op-ed called for the independence because the king engaged savages to murder innocent farmers and women and children. Franklin sent copies of this paper to his publisher friends in the colonies with a note saying, The substance is truth. The article was republished in newspapers in Pennsylvania, New York, Delaware, and Rhode Island. In the telling of this story, the Washington Post quoted a letter Franklin wrote to a friend. After publishing the fake issue, he said, By the press, we can speak to nations. Then he also wrote, Politicians could not only strike when the iron is hot, but also stoke the fires by continually striking. Father, this deception leads to truth being relative. In the deception that Franklin did here, his goal was independence from England. Whether that was your will or not, the steps he took in doing it through deception brought deception into this country. I also submit into evidence the power of deception grew in its authority as Franklin grew in his influence. I took this next evidence from Mackey's Encyclopedia of Freemasonry, and I submit that entire article, pages long, as evidence. I will not read it all into the court at this time, but I will read three entries. The first. In 1730, in February, Benjamin Franklin was initiated into St. John's Lodge in Freemasonry. Number two, in Philadelphia, 1734, June 24th, Franklin was elected Grand Master of Pennsylvania just a little over four years later. So in four years, he went from initiation to Grand Master in the Freemasons. Third, 1734, a short time later, the State House, also called Independence Hall, was built during Franklin's administration as Grand Master. According to old Masonic and family traditions, the cornerstone of this state house, our Independence Hall, was laid by Franklin and the brother brethren at St. John's Lodge, the Masonic Temple there. So in other words, he was the one that laid the cornerstone for the building that signed our Declaration of Independence, signed our Constitution. There's a lot that goes into that. I said, the Freemasons, through the power of this spirit and Satan himself, grew in strength and power in this nation. All throughout the history of America, deception grew and used the brotherhood of the Freemasons as one of its willing hosts to do Satan's will through. Another American used heavily by this spirit to promote Satan's will was Chief Justice Earl Warren in the middle 1900s. It was through the influence of Justice Warren that prayer in schools was taken out, and his leadership led to the entrance of legalized abortion in our country, which has proven to be possibly the most egregious blasphemy 
before the Father's throne. Justice Earl Warren was a Freemason. He attained the rank of 33rd degree in Masonry as well as served as the Grand Master for the California Grand Lodge. Yet another example of how this spirit of deception has used the brotherhood to fall under the rule of his thumb. I would also like to state here that the term brotherhood is a loose term. For what we know of the brotherhood brotherhood is really not just Masonic members, but it is past that 33 degree that they are introduced to the real God of the brotherhood, and that is Satan. These men worshipped idols instead of the true God. These men, along with their witch counterparts, grew in power throughout the beginnings and foundations of this country, grew because of this spirit. As further evidence of deception over the brotherhood, I would finally submit a further look into the conversion of Sandra, who Carson spoke of earlier. Sandra, once a witch of the highest order and worshiper of Satan himself, was given a moment of clarity where she saw the deception that she had been under her entire life. Father, I submit this because I was there. I was there when she recognized the lies of Satan, recognized the very deception that he had placed her under. That was broken because of your love, broken because of the outstretched arms of your son. That moment of clarity allowed her to see truth, truth beyond the deception, truth beyond the lies. When faced with that truth, she embraced your son. She received him as her Messiah And that deception lost. It is the desire of the prosecution not only to see this spirit of deception sent to the abyss, but it is our sincere request that the very structure that has been built and worked through from the beginning of this country, which is Freemasonry, and the religion that it has produced in worshiping Satan, that I believe this representative to be a part of, and a representative of. They are called the Brotherhood. They are called Freemasonry. They are called Satan worshippers. This one can call himself whatever he would like. But they are all part of the machine of deception that has been built by this spirit. It is our desire that the Brotherhood, Freemasonry, these Satan worshippers, be dismantled and stripped of all authority and influence in this country. Father, we request your will in this. I submit all of this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The spirit of deception then said, if I may make a statement, Father said, yes. Are we talking about the brotherhood? Is the brotherhood on trial? If so, perhaps they should be summoned instead of me. For they are the ones who drew Benjamin. Not once did I hear my name. I think perhaps you have summoned the wrong representation. I rest my case. I said, Father, if I may respond. He said, yes. I said, if the spirit did not hear his name, then perhaps he would listen closer or clean his ears. Because I've stated many times that it was the spirit of deception that was behind all of that. Our contention is not with the individual people of the brotherhood. Our contention is with their structure, which is built from the very spirit that is here right now on trial. They are a house of cards, 
built with the cards of the spirit of deception. The prosecution's request is simply that that house of cards fall. All authority, all influence be stripped, which is this spirit. Father, it is our desire, as I know it is your desire, that each of those people would turn to your son and believe in him. In fact, you have told me that the very spark that will bring flame into your bride is the conversions of those who know Satan best. They are not on trial. The spirit that has given them power is. So this spirit is incorrect if he states that perhaps the wrong one is summoned here. The right one is here. The right one has already admitted guilt. The right one will face those consequences. I submit this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Then the father said, Is it true that the defendant is pleading not guilty in the operation of the brotherhood? Spirit of deception then said, No, I am merely suggesting that I am not the last rung of authority. The father then said, Is it your desire to provide a name so that these accomplices may be brought to justice before this court? The spirit said, No. Father said, I've heard enough from the defense. Does the prosecution have any further statement? I said, I have the statement of your will if you desire me to read through that. But I am a little perplexed as to what the representative is even doing here. If he is not representing this spirit, then he must be here representing himself. If he is not representing himself, then who is he representing? I am confused as to the purpose for his coming. I submit this in Jesus' name. The father said, Would the representative of the defense clarify his intent toward this court? The representative said, Yes, as I have stated. I have come to offer, offer representation for this spirit. And as I have already stated, this spirit maintains the right to represent himself. I am here as what you might call a backup a net support. In fact, what are each of, those, of these who are not speaking here for the prosecution? For I only hear Greg's voice. Have you not also brought your own representation, your own support, your own witnesses? I understand the judge to be fair and just. And if my presence here is so offensive, he would have removed me, but I remain. I said, Father, if I may speak. He said, yes. I said, his presence is not offensive. In fact, I would want nothing more than for him to know who Jesus Christ is and the love that Jesus has for him. That is the reason why I ask, because he still has a choice while he breathes. Even as he leaves here, he would have a choice, a choice to recognize that love, to not be veiled by this spirit, So, Father, I ask this, at the end of this, presuming this spirit is gone, I ask that the very deception that has been placed over this representative be taken away even for a moment. That same moment of clarity that you gave Sandra, that you gave Ethan, and many others. It is not that we are offended that he is here. It is not that we object that he is here. It is that we desire him to know truth. And believe it. Then the father said, 
What say you, Tamal? The representative then said, I submit it is not my desire to be converted. And since I understand you to be a God of choice, I ask you to respect my decision. The father then said, yes, I will hand you over. And then the representative immediately disappeared. I said, Father, if it please the court, I will finish with our final section regarding deception. I submit this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The father said, yes. I said, Father, your will regarding deception over our lives is simple. You desire that there be no deception found in us or influencing us. You said in John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. You said in Isaiah 32, 3, even, or then everyone who has eyes will be able to see the truth and everyone who has ears will be able to hear it. It is your will, Father, that everyone have eyes to see. But in order for the people to have individual choice, then this spirit must be removed. Jesus purchased the right for people to have a clear choice. He said this in John chapter 9, verse 39 to 41. Then Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Then the Pharisees said to him, Are you saying we're blind? If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus replied. But you remain guilty because you claim you can see. I then said, It is the influence of this spirit that permeates every walk of life and influences a person to say that they can see when they are actually blind. But when a person is no longer blinded by this spirit, they can follow Jesus clearly. It says in John chapter 10, verse 4 and 5, After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Father, I submit that this is your will for us to know your son's voice. It is your desire for us to know him, love him, follow him with every ounce of our strength, every part of our heart. This spirit comes in the way of that. And not just this spirit, but the structures that it is built. The structures of the brotherhood that have built authority and influence at high levels in our government, our media, in every one of the seven mountains of influence. This spirit has built structures. Structures of deceit. Structures of lies. Structures that blind people's hearts to the love of your son. Father, it is your will, you have stated clearly in your word, that people who have a choice see clearly to choose your son. You said in your word that it is your will that none should perish, but all have eternal life. This spirit and the structure of the brotherhood and all the other power structures that have been built in this nation that control this nation and much of the world must be dismantled and destroyed. Father, you have called that out. 
You have prophesied that that would be the very thing that would be done by your remnant. That the brotherhood would be dismantled even by Carson and Carson's words. So, Father, we ask that this spirit be sent to the abyss. That all his authority be stripped. And every one of the structures that have been built by him over the last centuries in this territory be dismantled and stripped of authority. You said that your bride would be given those authorities. Strip it from the enemy and give it to your bride that does choose your son. Even the deception over much of your bride now is heavy through this spirit and must be dismantled so people will see clearly who you are, who your son is, and who your Holy Spirit is. You declared that after the absence of this spirit, eyes will see, ears will hear, and knees will bow before your throne. That is your will. That is our desire. We submit to your will. I submit this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The father then said, I accept these terms. I find you guilty, spirit of deception, of binding and coercing the bride and the peoples of the United States of America on a national level. I render this, I render you guilty. I re- sorry, I render this guilty verdict that you may be bound and cast into the abyss, into the dark pit. Quickly perform my will. Before I, I read what it looked like, I want you to notice something. Okay? In, in his declaration, he said, I accept these terms. Okay, what terms? It's what I had just, literally the paragraph I had just read. One, that this spirit be cast to the abyss. That all his human authority be stripped and every one of the structures that have been built by him over the last centuries be dismantled and stripped of authority. That's what we see in the human structures of this country. That's what we see in the leadership of those seven mountains of influence. It's those human beings that have influence over other people because of their position, whether it be government, whether it be in Hollywood, whether it be in some other form in business or whatever. They're given these positions by this spirit that that literally work through through all the other six spirits. That's why this one was the most powerful. So so we requested that all that be torn down and literally that authority, that power, be shifted from where it is, be torn down and placed on the bride to those who love and have a relationship with the Father. Okay, I, I just want you to get what that means. And his answer was, I accept these terms. That's huge, guys. That is huge. That's, that's the biggest thing that you could possibly imagine in what's about to happen. Shannon then said, I see the angels, the weapon much like Carson's wielded, which I will describe later, and I told you what it looked like, has wrapped itself around the neck of this spirit. Two angels have grabbed each wing and are holding the wings down. A sword has split open the belly of this spirit where, 
where there are black eels swarming inside. And when, when as, as, he's, as she's explaining this, and I'm visualizing this, immediately he told me what those eels were. He told me those eels were the very structures that we requested be torn down. And then I, th- I think other people confirmed me. He told them the same thing. I see angels flanking the creatures and coming from the front. And as they stretch out their hands, stretch their hands out, fire is pouring out of their hands. And lighting a flame, these eels, these worms, and they are being burned from the inside out. Wow, I didn't get that the other night. From the inside out. That's how we're going to see the destruction of this. The black eyes of this creature became liquid and poured out of his eye sockets. He trembled and trembled until finally he was quartered and tossed into the hole. We then said, thank you, Father. We worship you. The Father ended with this statement. My judgments are just and true. Righteousness has been rendered. Justice will enter into this country again. Listen close to this. Justice will enter into this country again. Truth will stand in this country again. My son will be her ruler and her king. And the peoples of this nation will weep and remember the covenant they made with me at the beginning, at the conception of her land. I will fulfill the visions I gave to the first men of the land whose hearts were sown with my plan, but who were spoiled with corruption and who had traded their mighty God for worthless idols. I will bring you back again. Then the gavel went down. You are about to see the results of this court case, but all seven court cases, because I think that statement at the end was not just a statement after this spirit of deception. It was a statement that now all seven were gone. And what he is doing now will pave the way for what he is doing globally. I, I loved, you know, <laughs> we, we, have, we, we always joke about that for the longest time the Father said soon, right? Yes, I will do that soon. And, and soon for us meant something clearly different. And, and then when we came to understand that God's soon was different than our soon, You know, we just still pour faith into it. You know, his word has changed. He doesn't use soon anymore. We're in the ready room. This was a couple weeks ago. And and his response to what he's doing, he said, it's quickly. And and I think I've seen that same very word in Lana's posts and and many others, that what he's doing is quickly. Remember what he said, when when the dominoes start to go, and, and we know what the first domino is. We know that first domino is Carson's healing. The manifestation of his healing. But when those dominoes start to go, it's not some slow ramp up thing. 
You know, I asked him, just making sure that I could say it. He has promised ignition of voice. And I asked him, you know, will we have a voice in, in what's going on? You know, it, it drives me insane to watch the news and listen to pundits. I mean, I can hardly, hardly even stand to watch CNN or MSNBC or, or you know, any of those. But, but even, even the ones on Fox that, that are conservative by nature, they don't see what's really going on. It requires eyes to see and ears to hear what's really going on. And so I'm like, Lord, they, they've got to know this is you and not just some conservative movement and now the pendulum's going to the other side and, and we'll be over there for, you know, 50 years and, you know, whatever. No, this is different. This is the readying of the bride. God has said time and time again, what I'm about to show you, what I'm about to do through you, has never been done before. Do you understand what that means? That's the very proof of the words that Jesus said when he said, you will do more than me. Why? Because I go to the Father. Because literally, literally, his law required at least two witnesses. But now there are at least two. Because we're all down here, and we got one in heaven. Right? We got one who was perfect. Jesus Christ, who is our representative. He is our lawyer. He is... He's everything. So what's about to happen, we don't have a gauge for. And what the Lord laid so heavy on my heart, and man, if you, if you are paying attention at all, you're getting bombarded with this. And he must really want you to be bombarded because he wants me to say it again. Don't think for a second that this is all just momentum moving and you just kind of flow into something. You've got to press in yourself now. Press hard. Press hard. Because if you don't, you will lose what God has for you. You won't lose your salvation. That's not what we're talking about. You'll lose your usefulness. You will lose the very plan that he has for your life to ready this bride. If you read Lana last week, it's the same exact word. I don't know, when, when was that? Was that Tuesday it came out or Wednesday or something like that? Look it up. I think it was her last one. I only read it this morning. It's been sitting in my inbox for a while. But read it, because it echoes the heart that the Father has, that he says, don't mess around anymore. Don't mess around, because this, the surroundings that we get entrapped by, 
are what we draw our logic on. Well, I don't see anything happening. Yeah, it's chaotic when I turn on Fox News and the government's doing this and doing that, but they're always chaotic. They're always fighting with each other, so whatever, it's not anything new. That is. Because never before has it been time for the bride to be readied. This is a unique time in history that we've never been through before. Ever. And we'll never go through again. Because at the end of this, we will be with the Lord. We will be raptured to be with him. And then he goes and does the whole thing again for his children, for Israel. So do not, do not be left out of what God wants to do with your life in this. You have a place. Everyone hearing my voice, God has a place for you in this. He has a plan for you in this. But that plan is not automatic. That plan is you being on your face before him and saying, there is nothing more important. Nothing more important at all. Let's pray. Father, we worship you and we praise you. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace, your mercy. God, we thank you for including us in your plan, including your bride. I thank you that you open our eyes. I'm so excited to see the results of what you're going to do now that deception and the other six have no authority and are gone. I look so forward to it. It, it, The only tough thing is leaving for Nigeria tomorrow. (laughs) Lord, just do your will. Do your will. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.